this morning and tell somebody next to you good morning. Give them a little shoulder bump. Man, if you are joining us online, we are so happy you decided to tune in with us. Thank you so much for watching. We want you to get comfortable, get ready. So this week has been our week of prayer and fasting. And it has been absolutely great. We got to hear our worship team. We got to hear a, a testimony this morning of, of God healing one of our worship team members. And so it's been great. It's been awesome stuff. Just seeing, seeing God do what he does. <laughs> and then also, as I'm sure you can tell on your way in, it's life groups which is awesome. Get connected to life groups, all right? This is the first week of rally weeks. And so we'll have the next three Sundays to kind of check out life groups to, to go life group shopping. <laughs> but man, I say all that to say, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of things that we do. And in the in the busyness of life and in the busyness of doing things, we can get caught up in, in things and forget why we, why we do the things, the reason behind the things. What Man, the reason we do life groups, the reason we take a whole week to pray and fast, to bring pictures down here, to, to take time on our lunch breaks, to come down here and pray, to bring our families down here to pray. And man, that reason is, is because we have a God who is still moving, who's still working. Not just a God that, that has some cool stories from way back, but man, he's still moving, he's still redeeming, okay? And so this morning, I want us just to go into worship with that heart of beholding the lamb because it's all about him. There's only one that's worthy, and it's Jesus. And so, man, if you'll just close your eyes, and if you're watching online, if you'll just quiet whatever's going on around you, and let's just put all of our focus, all of our attention on Jesus right now. And I just want you just to begin to thank him. And I want you, you, to begin to cry out for a move of God in your life, in those places in your life where only God can fix that situation or only God can do this, only God can heal this relationship. You cry out for that church. Lord, we thank you this morning, God, that we serve a God who is still moving, still speaking, still redeeming, still healing. God, you're not done working and you're not done with us. So Lord, this morning we come to you and we lay everything at your feet, God. We say, here we are, we wanna meet with you, you and you alone, God. God, let there be nothing else that's taken up our attention this morning as we join in and worship, as we join in with all of heaven, with all of creation and declare who you are. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. We're going to sing a new song we sang at the worship night.
But if you were there and you know it, sing it with us. You move the mountains, told the wind and waves be still. You cast out demons, and the empty soul be
take a second and I had two questions that I wanted to ask this morning. One is, and if this is you and if you feel like it, raise your hand, but how many of us in here this morning have been saved, either healed, delivered for something in our past? With that question being asked, how many of us have someone in our life that we know that needs saving, that needs healing, that needs delivering? There's a lot of pictures that have been on the tables this week as we have been in a week of prayer and fasting. And this song, the title of it says that there is nothing that our God cannot do. And if he has saved you, if he has delivered you, if he has redeemed you, then what is impossible for him to do for any picture that is represented on these tables? So if it's in your heart this morning and that's your heart's cry is to say that, God, I trust and I believe no matter what the situation looks like, that there is nothing that you can't do. I just want you to lift your hands. And God, we just thank you that we don't have to beg you to do anything. That your power and your authority reigns over every bit of darkness that we may see and encounter in this life. And so God, every prayer that we are praying in our hearts that we have spoken this week, God, we can believe in faith just as this song says. It says, let faith arise. Let all agree that there is no power that is greater than the power of Jesus. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that your spirit is here, it is alive, and that it is working. And so we agree. Your word says that where two or more are gathered, you are there in the midst of us. And so our heart, God, is for you to show up and to continue showing out and doing what only you can do. And I want us to go into that bridge and that chorus one more time. And I just want you to sing it out as if that is your prayer this morning. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. And I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like his power. There's nothing that our God can do. There's not a mountain that he can move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can do. There's nothing that our God can do. There's not a prison wall he can't break through. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing. 
things that I was, uh, of course, we've been praying and fasting, and a lot of the pictures are gone now because the first service took their pictures. But I was just praying early this morning, and I happened to have been cluttering through my desk. I was looking for something, and I found a picture of uh, a friend of mine who is a good man. His wife is a good lady, and they love Jesus. And they're in our club, in the club that nobody wants to be in. They have seven children, you know. Nobody wants to be in the one that has five and above, you know. And he was telling me how uh, one of his sons is on drugs. And he was telling me how his daughter, who grew up in church, has gone woke, whatever word you want to put on it. And how they think he is so hard, him and his wife are so horrible now, they won't let them see their grandchildren because you might indoctrinate them, which is exactly what they're doing. I just picked that picture up and all of a sudden it just hit me. And I realized, and I wanna say something to you. There is a spirit world that absolutely has in this world effects. And you're not gonna, the government's not gonna legislate it. Nothing's, nothing changes unless we approach it from the spirit world. That's the battles that we fight. That's where we gotta fight them. And man, I found myself just, because this guy was broke, he's broken. He is hurting. And so prayer, there is a real war going on. If you don't believe there's a devil and demons and all that, I mean, I don't even know what to say to you. But if there's a God, there's a Satan. If there's angels, there's demons. If there's a heaven, there's gotta be a hell. And what we do, we can have a right through Jesus Christ, by the blood of Jesus Christ, to come in to his throne room and stand in the gap for these people. I can pray to the one that could really set them free. There's people that need to be restored, set free, saved. Families need to be restored. There might be a, a section, but these tables represent, there's all kinds of pictures on the sides. But if it's in your heart, I wanna just take a moment just to pray over these one more time because I believe, let me just tell you what happened I'm, I'm, 
I love coming to church. I'm excited. I like to get here early just to talk and hang out. And I usually come in here very happy. Man, I was just burdened for my friend. And then I started being burdened for all these people on this table. And while we started singing, I'm just trying to shake it off. I look over and there's somebody walking over the tables. And immediately, something inside of me went, that ain't right. I had never seen this person before. And man, I started, I just couldn't get it. I couldn't shake it. I was running, I was, man. And it looked like, and I heard the Lord say, she's praying against them. And I went. <laughs> and look, I don't care what you think about it. I could care less. I just know when God says the enemy's around, you better rise up and fight. So, man, I said, well, dead gummit, that's my people. You ain't taking, you know, I started speaking in tongues. I started, you know, and I was just about, I started cursing everything that was going on. I was just about to walk over, and I said, Lord, you you want me to go get her out of here? I'll get her out of here right now, Lord. What are we doing? In the name of Jesus, and she walked back. And then I sent somebody after her, and she got out of here. And what that told me was, Satan is trying to undo what we're doing. And he ain't gonna win. He doesn't win. He doesn't win. Look, the worst thing you can do is put a face to your enemy. That person ain't the enemy, it's Satan's our enemy. So they just kind of bowed me up. I was ready to throw something, tell you, do something. And the Lord said, just pray. So if it's in your heart, I want you to gather around the tables. And we're gonna take a moment just to pray. If there's no picture in front of you, just lay your hands on the table. But I want every picture to have a hand on them. Come around back, you can come around back this way. Michael, just come around here. Come around here. Come around back. If it's in your heart, I want you to lay hands If you don't have a picture, there used to be a picture there. In church right now, start praying. Don't just listen to me pray. You pray for freedom. You pray for restoration. You pray for salvation. You pray for deliverance. You stand in the gap because Jesus Christ said we could. So right now, pray. No looking around. You pray. Stand. I just want to speak the name. I just want to come on, speak pray, church. Jesus, come on, don't look around. Lay your hands on that table and pray. Lay your hands and pray. Come on. Cause I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Come on, declare it right now. Declare it right now. I just want to speak in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray. Don't look. Don't look at the pictures. Pray for the pictures. Lord, in the name of Jesus, ever prodigal. In the name of Jesus, ever family. In the name of Jesus, every person addicted. Be set free in the name of Jesus.
want to see you do something only you can do. You're the only one that can set the captives free. You're the only one that can save. You're the only one that can deliver. You're the only one that can restore families and heal the brokenhearted. And so, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, everybody say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we speak health, healing, deliverance, salvation, restoration, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Amen.
Father, what a privilege to come. Lord, knowing that you are here with us right now, Father God. Lord, you are working in this place now over the hearts and the lives of the people on these tables. Lord, even in our hearts, Lord, even in our lives, Lord, you're working. And Father, we just stand before you and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. God's people said, amen, amen. Thank you and be seated. So I joined this life group thinking it was gonna be just any other ordinary Bible study. And when I joined, I realized that there was other guys who are also just walking through the same stage of life, you know, having a family, having kids, just trying to be a better man in the Lord. Last summer, I felt like the Lord told me to do cleansing streams in Poplarville, but the one lady, one, who finished the whole class, she had been searching for the Holy Spirit and the curriculum opened up everything that she was looking for. The, the Lord was showing up in her life daily. The, the amount of freedom that she's been able to walk through was the best thing that I could have ever asked for. Every week you see me here on the Arlen Minute, but we've been doing the Arlen Minute for years and years. And when you do something for a long time, sometimes you get used to it. And I've been told, everybody lean in, everybody listen to me, listen. I've been told, I've heard it through the grapevine, I heard a rumor that you're not paying attention anymore. But I don't think that's true because you want to be involved in everything that's going on at Resurrection Life. So that's why you listen to the Arlen Minute. So, Listen to what's going on so you can get involved. Hey, Resurrection Life families, it's that time of the year again. Our annual Daddy-Daughter Dance is coming up soon. It's going to be on February 9th from 6 to 8.30. The cost is only $10 per person. That'll include food, games, door prizes, and a lot of dancing. Tickets are only $10 and they can be bought online or see a CKM staff member. And if anyone would like to be a stand-in father, please let us know. Sunday, February the 4th is an amazing day for an amazing event and that amazing event is Beast Feast. The competition start at 5 o'clock and the feasting starts at 6 and this is for guys 18 and older. So make sure you show up in beast mode. What's up, ladies? We want to encourage you to invite a friend and join us for our Flourish event happening Friday night, January the 26th in the main auditorium of our Picayune campus. Doors open at 6 and the event starts at 6.30. We have so many fun things planned and we're so excited about what the Lord is doing in this season and we hope to see you there. Journey Youth Ignite Weekend is this weekend. Be at the youth building at 6.30 Friday night. That's right. This year's theme is set apart. It's going to be an incredible weekend. The cost is only $30. My friend Timmy Runke is going to be bringing the word. It's going to be awesome. You do not want to miss it. We'll see you Friday night.
Hey church, the time has come. Life groups and serve teams, time to sign up. You can sign up after each service. There'll be life group leaders around, sign up sheets. If you already know what group you want to join, sign up. If you want to pray on it, you're going to have two more weeks after today to sign up. The life group semester is going to kick off the first week of February. It's going to be awesome. Good morning to each and every one of you that are here this morning. It's been a great week, a week of prayer and fasting, coming up here to pray. And then Wednesday night was an awesome time of worship. And I will tell you that we're going to do a couple of worship nights throughout the year. So when, you, when we mention those and when we schedule them, be sure to come. It was a wonderful time. And then Thursday night, we had a time of healing, probably played for, prayed for over 35 people. And I talked to one lady this morning. I knew that she had been prayed for, and she passed by me. I said, did you get healed? And she said, I sure did. I said, amen. Thank you, Lord. But we're glad that each of you are here. To those of you who are part of the Resurrection Life family, I want to tell you, when you're not here, we miss you. So we appreciate when you come. And uh, for those of you who are not part of the family but are visiting with us for the first time, you're very special to us. We want to just give you a round of applause and say thank you for coming. You add much to our service. We'll hope you join us again. We'll ask you to fill out a card at the end of the service. Go through the double doors. There's a kiosk there. Have a young lady there with a smiling face, and we'll also have a gift for you. So, if you will, let's rise to your feet. It's time for our giving. Are you glad that you can give to the Lord? Amen. So, Lord, as we lift up our offerings to you, Father, we are grateful, Lord, for all that you've done for us. And Lord, words just are not adequate for us to express our gratitude, our love, and our admiration, and our honor to you, Lord. Lord, these gifts as they come, we ask that you would multiply them, bless them. And thank you, Lord, for all you've done in your name, I pray. Amen. Give the praise team a hand. I appreciate them. If you have a teenager, get them signed up for Ignite Weekend. They need to be ignited. 
or sometimes they need to be blown up. But anyway, that's, I'm sorry. That was, that was too much, yo. But look, you can either complain about the next generation or you can try to make a difference in the next generation. Now, if you want to complain, you need to find you another church. Because if you complain about something right around here, you immediately are going to be put in charge. So uh, I just want to remind you of that, okay? Uh, A lot of stuff going on. You know, we've been, I've been on staff at a church for 38, 39 years. I don't know how it keeps happening, but sometimes we just plan everything at the same time, and then it just happens. So all the tables, we're here. We got the tables back there. We're printing the magazine. I want you to grab a magazine on the way out and just read it. Great articles. Uh, Do business with the people that advertise in it, but leave it somewhere. Go to a doctor or bank or wherever. Just leave it and let the Lord use it. We've had a lot of play through this. Now, this book right here is what you're going to get. This has all the life groups and the serve groups in it. Now, life group is where you build relationships. Now, you can build relationships through serve groups, but percent convinced you will not grow as a Christian. In fact, you'll go backwards if you don't give your life away. If you don't, and give away what you've been given. That's all I... I'm saying, you don't have to do what other people do. Just give away what you've been given. And if you do that, all right. So I want you to watch this because I want you to hear this testimony of a life group. And I want you to hear what it, what it really means. So if you play that, please. My name's Alex O'Neillian and I'm a part of the Kingsman Life Group. When I first started going to the groups, I was looking for fellowship and to strengthen my faith in God. At that time, I was also going through a divorce and custody battle. What I found when I went to those groups was a group of men who genuinely cared, prayed for me daily, and helped me face the things I was going through. The night before court, we had a group meeting and the guys asked if they could pray for me. And the next day in court, God had his way in my heart. God had his way in my wife's heart. And shortly after that, we decided divorce wasn't what was best. And we decided to put our faith in God and trust that he would walk us through the obstacles we were facing. Since then, her and I have been saved. I've been baptized. And all of our faith is in God. I truly believe that if it weren't for that group, I wouldn't be the man of God I am today. And I am truly blessed. Think about life groups. Uh, that's the best thing this church ever did was taught life groups. Yeah. Best thing ever done. Life groups is not so important about what you study. If you don't make relationships, right. all yeah. stuff ain't worth anything. We lost one of our great guys this morning. I'll be funeral this afternoon in my home. But he's more than a friend to me. I love Dave. 
It's just more than friendship. It's just something we got to get your hearts together. It's about making relationships. Amen. Amen. Let me just say this real quick to you. Um, first of all, that life group, I saw them. They took care. One of their life group members died, passed away. And they took care of all kinds of things for him and his, his widow was taken care of and they take care of their yard and all kinds of things. Now, here's the issue. Everybody hear me. Everybody wants that kind of treatment without building those kind of relationships. You ain't gonna get those kind of relationships on Sunday morning. I hope, pray you get blessed. I hope you've already been blessed. But you gotta... I want our church to grow. You know why our church has to grow? Because there's still lost people out there, still broken people out there. I'm not trying to build a big kingdom. We ought to be growing because there's still broken people out there. Does that make sense? And so you're not going to build the relationships. Everybody wants family privileges without participating with the family. You know, it's like my son calling and saying, hey, Dad, will you send me a big plate home? I'm going to stay home and watch the games. Send me a big plate of Thanksgiving dinner. I just want to stay at home and watch the game. Well, can I tell you what my answer is? No. Not just no. Now, Amy might waffle. But I'm telling you, I ain't going to let her waffle. No. Because you get your butt up and participate with the family, and then you get the family blessing. Does that make sense? All right. So what I'm saying to you is understand that that's the way we do life. Pick one. And remember, listen to me. Did you hear the testimony of that guy? He said the group, it might not be that God wants to do a miracle in your life, you might be part of the miracle for somebody else. Amen? Amen. Hey, would y'all mind standing up? See that couple back there? Y'all stand up. I'm going to embarrass you. That's, that's the couple right there that God saved. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I appreciate you. So, a lot of stuff going on. You need to get involved. And you'll either see your miracle or be involved in one. Amen? All right. Everybody rise to your feet. Turn to somebody around next to you and say, you need to be a good sower. Turn around to somebody next to you, the same three people, and say, Jesus really likes you. All right, let's read our scripture for the day. Then he spoke many things to them in a parable, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And he sowed, and some fell by the wayside, and birds came and uh, devoured them. Some fell by the stony places, which did not have much soil. And they immediately sprang up, but because they had no depth of earth, but when the earth, sun 
was up. They were scorched because they had no root system. They withered away. Some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. And others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Some hundred, some 60, some 30. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Father, I just pray you'll speak to us for just a few minutes, Lord. I pray you'll change our life. Small seeds make big differences. And I pray you'll let us understand that. In your name we pray, amen. Now, if you were here last week, if you wasn't here last week, where were you, you pagan? Anyway, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, we started a series, I'm, I'm talking to you with the, in the context of this time next year. Me and Amy had the conversation the other day. I don't want to be in the same place I'm in now, this time next year. I don't want to waste another year. I don't want to see myself. I, I, I'm tired of wishing things were different. And so how do we get in a different place? It ain't through New Year's resolutions. It ain't listening to Oprah. It ain't listening, uh, it ain't doing self-help books. I read an article, how many billions of dollars are gonna be spent in this month in January on weight loss stuff? Billions. You gonna wind up being as big as you were again because, but that guy is going, his bank account's gonna be bigger. But here's what I'm saying to you. If you want to have something significant happen in your life, then you've got to hear the Lord and sow his seeds. And that's what we're talking about. Last week we started out, a sower went out to sow. A sower went out to sow. And if you're looking at your phone, let me just say this. I want to tell you what I think when you're looking at your phone. I think you're looking, shopping on Amazon or texting or whatever, looking at YouTube video when you're looking down at your phone. I know that we have an app that has all my notes on it, okay? So if you're looking at that app, just shut it off. It'll be there after we're over with. And so that way I don't have to battle with my mind. But if you're taking notes, that's, if you're taking notes, if you're taking notes, there ain't no healing. I'm just speaking fact. I know what's going on. Anyway, not paranoid, it's fact. I know what's going on. It ain't paying attention to this. That's what's not going on. So here's what we say. A sower went out to sow. All right, we talked about it last week. That is deliberate action. Deliberate, personal, intentional action. Stop wishing something would change. You've got to decide, I am going to make deliberate, purposeful action that will walk in that direction. Stop hoping things change. God wants to bring you somewhere. God wants to take you somewhere. God wants you to make progress. That is, I know that. God wants to take you on a journey. So deliberate, and it comes, how do we do that? We consent, first of all. This is where it's not New Year's resolution. I'm consenting you're Lord of my life. How many of you are saved in here? Raise your hand, raise it high. 
You sure? If you're halfway, you ain't saved. There is no halfway. I'm not sure. Okay, you're not saved. If you're saved, you're always saved. Well, listen, if you're saved, then you've got to consent. Doing life, having dual lordships is where it just goes bad. But when I consent, you're my Lord, then I submit to your ways. Do you understand? I've got to submit to his ways. If I don't do it his way, I cannot respect his results. But I want to find out what his way is. His will. Trust in his seed. That's what I'm asking you to do. Find out. Now, I want to say this. Let's start today. I got to be somewhere at 12. So if y'all will listen fast, I'll finish fast. But I doubt it. I doubt I'll finish fast. You might can listen fast. Everybody look at me. Sowing is happening. There are seeds being sowed into your life, into your field, into your children, into your grandchildren. There are seeds being sown. Sowing is happening. Now you gotta decide, you've gotta decide who and what gets sowed. So today, let's start off, first of all, if I wanna have a good crop, I gotta sow good seed, amen? If I wanna have a good crop, I gotta sow good seed. Stop, <laughs> stop expecting satsumas, which I love, I got one of them trees, I love Stop expecting that when you're planting corn. Dead gummit, God, I went to church and God didn't give me satsumas when you planted corn. So here's what we do. Number one, I want to talk to you about today. Remember, a sower went out to sow. First thing, he is sowing specific seed. Specific seed. I guarantee you that sower didn't just go, oh, here's some seeds. Let's just throw them out and see what comes up. No, he went out and did some specific things and, and said, I want this specific crop. And so I'm going to sow this specific seed because certain seeds yield certain crops. Amen? Some of you... Stop blaming everybody for what's going on in your life. You might need to look at the seeds you've sown. Don't nobody shout me down now. So, understand, what are you sowing? I love them. You need to choose wisely what you're sowing. You need to choose what you're sowing. How do I know that? I love the movie, uh, Indiana Jones, you know, all of them. The Last Crusade, you know, it was about the Holy Grail, and they had all these, and the guy was hunting the Holy Grail, and they found the knight that had the Holy Grail, and he was like 300 years old or whatever, 1,000 years old. And they go in, and he, you got to drink out of the cup to have eternal life. But if you drink out of the wrong one, 
your life gets taken. And I was watching that movie the other day, and he gets to the point, and the knight's just sitting over there, this old knight. I mean, he's like 100 and something years old. I mean, 500 years old, he needs to sit down. You know, and he's sitting there, and the guy runs over and ch- he drinks water, and all of a sudden, I was going to show it to you, but Todd said it'd probably scare people, you know. And so, and he, and he dies, and the knight goes, he chose poorly. Don't get to the end of your life when you have all of these regrets as a Christian. Now, remember, I'm talking to Christians now. And go, have somebody go, you chose poorly. You need to invest in specific things, specific things that God is leading you to. Remember, that's the source of everything. What are you sowing? Look at Galatians 6, verse 7 through 9. Look at it. Do not be deceived. Don't trick yourself. God is not mocked. He has set a rule. Whatever you sow, a man sows, that will he reap. And look what he says. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. If you want to be like the world and you want to sow into the American dream, and look, you're going to wind up, do you realize All of that stuff the Bible clearly says is going to burn up. It's going to waste away. Somebody's going to steal it. Somebody, you can't take it with you. You sow into that, everything in the flesh is going to be corrupted. Does that make sense? In the world, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. What is he saying there? Not just salvation, he's already talking to Christians. He's talking about the things that you sow with me are gonna last and they're gonna be awesome and worth it. What does the Bible say? What is it that if a man gains his whole, the whole world and loses his own soul? What is that? Let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Do you understand? God has certain seeds he wants to plant in your life this year. And they will yield a crop that he wants specific instructions. We are living life. And I know I'm harping on this, but I want, I want to get it to you. We are living life by happenstance. We're just saying, well, I wonder what's going to come today. What's going to happen today? Who am I? Instead of living life intentionally, planting intentional things, God has specific things for you to do, for you to sow, for you to invest in, for you to give your life. God has instructions for this year. Look at Luke chapter uh, 19. Look at this. Jesus said, when he went, he went ahead going up to Jerusalem. This is right before the triumphal entry. And it came to pass when he drew near at the mountain called Olive, they sent two disciples. He picked two guys. I didn't name them. Hey, two people in church. Hey, come on. I got something I want you to do. Just two, not all of them. 
He didn't send all of them. He spent two. God's got instruction for you. Look what he tells them to do. Look, I want you to go up to the next town, town you come to. When you walk in, first house you come to, that little picket fence, you're going to see a goat. I just want you to untie it and bring it to me. <laughs> and then he says, a colt. Not a goat, a colt. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Dan's paying attention. I appreciate it. He said, like, yeah, a colt. And then, if somebody says something about it, like maybe the owner I want you to tell them, the master has need of it. You got to say it in a deeper voice too. The master has need of it. See, that's what's wrong with most of you. You're bored stiff looking for the latest, greatest Oculus, the new game, the new, uh, what's the new, uh, oh, I need some excitement. I need, I'm telling you, following Jesus will be the greatest ride you, you, I mean, you want me to do what? You want me to steal a coat? Now, I'm not saying he said steal it. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I want you to go to, and tell him the master has needed. And sure enough, if you read the rest of the story, the older guy, hey, what are you doing my my, my coat? The master has need of it. See, look, everybody hear me. When you live by his way and his words, it has an anointing and power that works. Some of you are trying to live by your own way and you're sowing seeds and then you wonder why it ain't working. But when you live by his, first of all, it's exciting he takes you on a ride, and it's awesome. Can I tell you this? What does he want you to do this year? Let me tell you a couple things. I want to read more this year. I, I, I'm reading through the Bible. I think you should show the word, but I'm going to read books. Not just any old stupid book. I'm going to read books as God leads me to, and I, I want to read. That's one of the seeds. Remember, Remember last week? Small seeds grow big things. I'm not asking you to alter your life. I'm asking you to ask him, I wanna, I wanna follow you this year, Lord. What do you wanna accomplish? Well, I want you to do this. Okay, we'll do that. I want you to alter this. Stop doing that. Sow this. Do this. And when you start down on that journey... With specific things. Now, my question to you is, what crop has been planted in your life? What harvest are you expecting? What crop has been, is being planted in your kid's life? What am I saying? I'm saying, don't leave it to chance. Don't leave it to chance. Yes, I know that it's all the grace of God. I understand that. Everything I've got is by him. Everything. 
He paid it all. I don't have to pay you nothing, but I do have to follow him. I do have to make the choice. Yes, I will follow you. He gives me the strength to follow him, but I got to make the choice. What? Don't leave it to chance. What's going in your kids? We're waiting. Well, I wish somebody would get on the school board. I wish somebody would get in the government. I wish our school system going to hell, Brother Allen. I ain't worried about that. What are you sowing into them? What are you letting be and sown? I want to be very specific. One of the things that we sowed into our children, we love, I love the Bible. I know they're trying to discredit it and all that stuff, but they can't do it. I know AI rewrote the Bible, but it ain't going to have the same power. But we, me and Amy, it has changed our life. So we made our kids sit down a few nights every week, more when they were smaller, and read the Bible. We're sowing seeds, sowing seeds, because that's what God loves to do. Is that making sense? Specific seeds produce specific harvest. Don't leave it to chance. Don't leave it to chance. Don't hope the government. Do you realize what the Bible says? I just want to throw this out. I got to move on. You know what the Bible says? I want you to know what the Bible says. Do you realize that it don't matter who's elected? You know what the Bible says? By the mouth of the righteous, a city is exalted. I wonder what would happen if every blood-bought Christian in this area started speaking life over Picayune and Peru County in this area. I wonder what would be unleashed and it would just roll over anybody that resisted it. You have no expectation of that because you have no seeds sown there. Specific seeds. So I want you to be, hear the Lord about that. Number two, I want you to be so generously. I mean, you can get the thing. He's got a sack of seed. And he's just, oh, it might be some briars over there, better not, no. Stop worrying whether the soil deserves it or not. You are not the judge of the soil. God is. Stop worrying whether somebody deserves your graciousness, your kindness, your help. Stop worrying about that. Be kind with your words. Look at what it says. Look at what it says, 2 Corinthians. But I say this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. <laughs> I said I was not going to say this this year, so I'm trying to think of another way to say it. So since it's still January, I'll say it one more time, and then we'll change. And, you know, 
I mean, listen, if you're a grumbly, gripey, grumple, grumple bear, and you're mean as hell, and that's all that happens back to you, What does he say? Be generous. And we're talking about sowing God's seeds, what he puts in your heart. Sow generously. Give it out. Don't just, I've never seen a farmer go out and put one spot and put one seed and go, okay, I'm done. No, man, they, they're throwing it all over the place. They put filling the field with seed. Man, do you understand? You need to be generous with the way you live your life. Be a generous person. I'm not talking about money. It can be money, but I'm just talking about living your life in a generous way, willing to help, willing to do, willing to participate. Hey, yeah, we gonna go build a, a ramp for somebody. Yeah, man, I'll help. Yeah, I wanna sow into that. I wanna be gracious, especially with my words. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. Everybody goes, yeah, yeah, I got that. We don't got it. Because we still speak 90% repeating negative stuff. You know what I heard about Brother Rich? Oh my God. And it takes forever for a miracle to get brown. Don't make your kids earn your, your affirmation. Don't make your kids, don't let them hear, I love you and I'm proud of you just when they do something good. What are you teaching them? Performance. You gotta perform for dad to tell you he's proud of you. And that is the worst demon of all because that's what religion is based on. Religion is based on performance. God chose to love me before I ever did anything good. In fact, God chose to love me when he said, I bestowed my love on you even while you were yet a sinner. Man, your kids, your wife, your husband need to hear it every day. I'm so, I'm so in love with you. I'm so proud of you. Why do I do that? Because it's a specific seed and I'm expecting a specific harvest and I wanna be generous with it. Don't worry about whether they deserve it or not. Be generous. If we ever realize, and I'm picking on words, I'm talking about mainly a lifestyle. I mean, I know I pick on Amy a lot. You know, I try not to, but she's such an easy target. I mean, it's so funny. You know what's so funny is that God took a girl out of a lifestyle that was frilly and, and controlled and proper and non-athletic and non-sweaty and, and put her in with me <laughs> and with 11 boys and just... And it's our sole purpose, one of our sole purposes to torment her. It just is hilarious. It's so funny. It, I mean, I had a great experience yesterday. She's finally taken down. I told her the tree's dead. We got to take it down. 
but I like the lights. I said, it sticks with lights on it. It's got to go. So we're taking down all our Christmas stuff yesterday. And so she's getting back and forth up in the attic. It's one of the joys of being big. I don't fit in the attic. So I <laughs> love to help you, babe, but sorry. Anyway, so she comes. Jonathan is over there with his three ki- two of these kids. And she comes down out of the attic. And John, when Jonathan was telling me, so he said, Dad, it was just like old town. I can't tell you how much I needed that today. He looked at her, she had a big lizard on her leg. And she is like the girly of girls. I mean, just horrible. And so Jonathan very calmly says, Mother, look at your leg. Just in a calm voice. And of course, she looks down and goes berserko. I mean, berserko, screaming and holler. Matthew comes from the other room. What is going on? She starts crying. You know, and Jonathan's looking at me, smiling, going, God, I needed that today. (laughs) I I said, Amy, I couldn't help it. The version you have of Amy was not the version I got of Amy. I mean, she'll, she'll admit this. She was not a secure person. She was very, she would ask me questions like, why do you love me? Women, do not ask your husband that. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) I don't, you know, I'm trying to think of some psychological answer and I'm like, I went blank, which is the worst thing. Oh, you got to think about it? No, I was trying to think of the right word. No. Here's what I'm saying to you. The Lord said, yeah, I know she's that way, but she's the one. And here's how you fix her. Just shower her with your words. I had to do some actions too, but. Every time you see her, man, what a blessing you are in my life. And she is. She became, what does it say? Washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself without spot or wrinkle. Any such thing, that's what the Bible says. Can I tell you that word over the years washed her till she became my perfect bride. I cannot imagine life without her. And can I tell you, she has been completely healed. She is way too secure now. <laughs> she speaks for me a lot now and volunteers me and had me doing ministry projects and all that because she knew I would because she could get me to. But what I'm saying is, why are you mad about your harvest? What seed are you sowing and are you being generous with? Last one. If you live this way, you'll sow expectingly. Sow with expectation. 
expectation. We should faith, hope, and love, and all those words should be, should be part of our vocabulary because we have sowed the seed the Lord gave us, and so I can expect a good crop. I can expect, I have hope. You know what biblical hope is? Most people's hope is a wish. I wish I would lend, win, win, win the lottery. I wish this restaurant would feed me for, uh, you know, free. I wish, I mean, all that, that wish, that is not God's hope. Confident, what the definition of hope is, confident expectation based upon the facts. What facts? I have sowed good seed, I can expect a good harvest because that's the principle God Almighty put in, in, in place. I, I received my seed from him. I sowed him generously. I, can, I don't care what's gonna, you go, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen in the future? If you're a sports person in here, you hear the term on TV all the time. I expect us to do well because we put in the work. Where teams, I hope we do better, they have no confident expectation because they hadn't sowed in the work. You put in the practice, you expect to see something good because you put in the practice. If you put in the seed, you ought to live without fear because why? I have sowed seed, something good's gonna happen. I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna go on. I don't even care how it comes up. I just know God's word does not return void. Are you hearing me? If you sow into your flesh, it's only gonna reap corruption. But when I receive the seed, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to do business? It should be a part of every part of your life. How you do your business? How do you do, how do, you do life? How do you do your relationship? Don't tell me you love Jesus. Show me by the way you treat your wife. Show me by the way you parent your kids. If you let your kids just run wild, can I tell you, you don't love them. You're just lazy. You're just worried about you. But when you sow into God, I'm gonna do it your way. And sometimes his way ain't my way. I guarantee you them two disciples walking into that town going, are we really gonna go get somebody's coat? Is that really what he said? Don't you know their heart dropped when Joel walked into town and saw that colt tied to that picket fence? They went, oh, we're going to have to do this. But can I tell you, they probably told that story the rest of their life. I am, I was, I want you to understand that the facts are that if I sow good seed, there's power in the seed, I will reap a harvest. We raise our kids. I have watched my wife with my kids. They were older and acting a lot like her side of the family <laughs> and kind of going wild. I have watched my wife stand up, I mean, crying because Look, when things are going bad with your children, man, crying and stand up and say, 
Father, in the name of Jesus, I know that there is there's good stuff in them because I was there sowing it. We sowed good seed in them. So no matter what happens, no matter what it looks like to my eyes, I know that eventually they're going to turn. And God, and I watched her pray for an hour until she prayed herself right out of that fear and depression. Because she had an expectation because she had been very specific about the seed she sowed. Does that make sense? Look at Galatians 6, 9. Don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due time we shall reap if you don't lose heart. There's too many of us that have dug up our seed to see if it's growing. You got impatient. Don't quit. Don't quit following the Lord. Don't quit going for it. Let me say this, I was praying this week and, uh, and it, it might not mean nothing to y'all, but it means something to me because, you know, when you sign your name, I mean, my, you know, it's funny. Well, my kids used to think I had, if you got checks, you, you have more money. As long as you got checks, yeah. I know young people are going, what's checks? That's still the way I do business. I like checks. Anyway, that's so low tech. Nobody's trying to hack my checks anymore. So low tech. Anyway, you know, when you sign your name to millions of dollars and they want personal guarantee. They want all I ever owned, all I will own, all I expect to own. I told them, I said, look, I'll put my children up for collateral. Y'all can have them too. But you start, I don't care who you are, even though I know the Lord told us, okay, it's time to build. Uh, you start signing those kind of papers, you go, And I was praying this week, and somebody had put a picture of the building. Somebody did. I was just praying along, and I said, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, first service, you're going to walk in there, it's going to be a debt-free building. I mean, and I... You know, they immediately went in, because I'm the one who signed the, I mean, is that just my brain? Is that just a wish? <laughs> so I leave here, and I go back to my office, start working on this sermon. And I get to this part, confident, expectation based upon the facts of the seeds you know. and Jenny comes in my office and reminds me of where I'm supposed to be in one minute I am going to a 
a dedication of a church building, another church building, of which I was driving by a while back, and the Lord said, I want you to pay for their air conditioning. Called the guy and said, what do you need? He said, well, we're saving money. We're trying. When are you going to get in? Well, we're not sure we're saving money for our air conditioning. I went, well, why don't you come by the church later on this afternoon? How much is it? We'll pay for it. I was driving by it again. After this, I stopped driving by it. You know. <laughs> I was driving by again, and the Lord said, you know, they're not finished yet. Called and said, what do you need? Well, we're just waiting, saving money for the flooring. Okay. And all of a sudden, after she said that, it hit me. I started laughing in my office. I started saying, because I started remembering all the churches we have helped build their buildings and all, remember back in the hurricanes when they didn't have a roof and we paid for it and all the churches that, you know, over the last 20 years? Why shouldn't I expect to walk into it? I got a lot of seed in the ground out there. Can I tell you, it just totally, it just totally took the fear out of it. You know, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't even care. Somebody said, you gonna take money from, man, I would take money from the devil himself. You know, I don't care because I'm gonna turn it into something good. But you understand, we ought to live with a little hope and a little expectation, a little joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. What does that mean? God knows the outcome so he ain't shook when we're in the middle of the battle. So that joy gives me the strength to keep going. And it comes from following him, sowing good seeds. And when I do that, I am guaranteed a harvest. Don't you see that? That is for everyone. Jesus Christ made a way that I can come into his presence and receive instruction, receive seed, receive light, direction. He says, I wanna take you somewhere. That's where I want you to go this year. I wanna take you on a journey. And you start going. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in places you never, you never believe. That's being a sower when out to sow. Now, my question to you, everybody look at me. I want you to hear this. What are you sowing? I know I get on this soapbox, and I'm sorry. But if all you're sowing into your life is Facebook, and that's what you spend scrolling five, six hours a day, well, that's what you're going to reap. But do you understand? When I sow, when I say, God, where, where do you want to take me? And I sow in the midst of even when I don't see it. Even when I don't see it, I can have peace and joy because, because. Jesus, your seed always reaps eternal life. Does that make sense? 
What are you sowing? What are you sowing into your kids? What are you allowed to be sowed into your life? What are you spending your time doing? Is it eternal things? I am not against anything frivolous. But we gotta have priorities. God, I wanna, I wanna do, I'm not against going on vacation and sitting on the back porch. Okay, but look at me. Remember what, there's this little verse in the Bible that says, I mean, if all your job, if all you're going for, if the only seeds you're sowing is retirement so you can move to a place and just drink coffee and have, have no responsibility and play golf and just chill and look at me. When you get it, if that's the seed you're sowing, when you get it, you have your reward. There's no eternal value to that. It will be over when you're over. Does that make sense? I want to sow up for myself treasure in heaven. I want to sow up for myself treasures that will satisfy and the world can't take away. The world can't take away my joy. The world can't take away my peace. I don't care who gets elected. Some of you need to stop being so political and stop, start being more Christian. I don't care who gets elected, dude. It ain't gonna change one thing in my heart. That's the source of my peace and it comes from Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? If you don't know Christ, I wanna encourage you to come down. But I'm gonna ask the prayer team to come on down real quick. If you would, come on down real quickly, please. And um, look, if you don't if you don't know Christ, I want to encourage you. But uh, here's what I felt like the Lord. I asked the Lord I, because I want you to go home and spend a little time, Lord. What do you want me to plan in my life this year? Ask Jesus for His seed. Does that make sense? Ask you, don't, don't do a New Year's resolution. Say, Lord, where do you want? He, and look, he might tell you, look, I want you to work in the nursery. That was the devil. That ain't God. But listen, if you sow seeds there, it might be apparent that you meet that turns you on to another job, but you ain't gonna meet them unless you're in there. Does that make sense? That's the way God works. But here's what I wanna do with these people. If you don't know Christ, please, please come. These people are standing here. Here's what I felt like the Lord said this morning. Some of you have hopeless situations. And what I mean by hopeless situation, a prodigal, a situation that you're just overwhelmed with and you can't see any way out. And you want God the Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Your marriage, your family, whatever, there's a situation I would like to see this altered. Lord, I don't know what to do. 
they're going to come down and use called the prayer of agreement. They're not going to counsel you. They're not going to tell you what to do. You tell them, look, I'm praying for this situation. And they're going to agree that God touches that situation. Because one can put a thousand flight, two can put 10,000. I want you to rise to your... Now, I know that's kind of a little bit broad, but if you're struggling, you, every day you look at this issue. Every day you think about this issue. That's what I'm talking about. A prodigal or whatever. I want you to come down and have the prayer of agreement. That sows seed in the spirit world. If you don't have one of those and you know somebody that has that situation, then I want you to stay, you, you stay right there and you just begin to lift them up to heaven. So right now, Lord, we just ask you to come. We ask you to come, Lord. Come do. If you need prayer, you begin to come. You got that situation. You begin to come. You begin to let the Lord lead you. Come on, don't look around, church. If you're not coming, you ought to be praying. If you got a prodigal, you come. If you got a financial situation that you're hopeless, you come. If you got an addiction, you come. And let the Lord do the prayer of agreement. Come. Come on, Jerry. And if you're not coming, you ought to be praying for somebody. Don't look around. Ask the Lord. Go ahead, Elisha. Come on, pray, church. Church, pray. Don't look around. There's nothing that our God can do. Come on, sing with Elisha. There's not a not mountain praying. that he can move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can do. Come on, sing it. There's nothing that our God can do. There's not a prison wall he can break through. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can As these guys are praying, if you're standing, you're standing next to somebody, just put your hand on their shoulder right now. Just put your hand on their shoulder. And we're going to pray for each other. This is what body ministry is all about. Some of you might be thinking, but I don't know what to say. You know how to talk, don't you? Just talk to God. And that person may have a specific need. If you have a specific need, just tell them. Okay. Just begin to pray for them right now. Remember the words that Brother Bobby said earlier in his little testimony. It's not about all the stuff that you learn. It's about the relationships you build. This is how we minister one to another. This is how the body of Christ is supposed to be. Just begin to pray for them. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your mercy and your grace and your kindness. Thank you for the ability and the opportunity to be source. Thank you that, Father, you've provided the seed and you've given us an opportunity to sow. 
Lord, we continue to sow because you are faithful. Even when we are faithless, you are faithful. Come on, just just pray for them. If you haven't stepped out and you need prayer, come on up here. These guys are waiting. Jesus said, you hear us talk about, come down here, right over here, to my left, my right, your left. That's why we're here. We're not here to just have a building with a bunch of people in it. We're here because we're all in love with Jesus Christ, because of who he is. Amen. If you're not standing, won't you stand with us? We're going to pray, and we're going to send you forth. Come back next week. Well, Alan will continue that this message, the sower, the seed, the soil. Let's pray. Father, you're a good God. We're not trying to convince ourselves that you are. We're just declaring what is true. We say you're good. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that, Father, in the midst of the chaos that goes on around us, we have a hope and we have a peace that the world is envious of. Lord, we're more than willing to give that away because we truly do have an endless supply of joy, of hope, of peace, of life. Father, we are people that eat from the tree of life. And because we do, we have an endless supply. So as we leave this place We go out to this community that you've placed us in, and we bring the life of Jesus Christ to every place that we go, to the restaurants, to our place of work, to our school. Wherever we go, we want to bring your life to the world around us. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said.